right, guys, welcome back to Mental Theater, where we have a very interesting show for you today. Mike, what are we going to be talking about today? Um, a lot of things that happened over the last week within uh, the mental theater aspect. Talking about comic book movies and fantasy movies and things of that nature. Um, we want to talk about uh, Robert Downey Jr. and how Disney has apparently switched from making an Oscar push to him, for him, to now making an Oscar push for him. And also, should he be pushed as a lead character or supporting character? And I'm pretty sure me and Josh disagree on that one. Absolutely. He should obviously be the lead. He got the most money, right? But don't worry. We'll, we'll, we'll save that for later. And we'll actually talk about what we're really excited about to see on Disney+. Plus. As I'm sure you know, it launches next, was it next Thursday? Launches on the Tuesday the 12th. Okay. Um, and we're very excited about that. We'll talk about a few things on that. And some of the um, actual uh, controversy with Disney Plus and the Marvel movies as well. So be on the lookout for that. Stay tuned. Um, and uh, also wanted to kind of shame Josh a bit for some movies that he haven't seen. But you'll hear about that. Into the Spider-Verse. Haven't seen it. So. In the podcast, <laughs> as, as we go forward, no shame at all. Shameless <laughs> talking about this. So also, we actually matched with our Yoda shirts, but didn't even mean to do that. Well, we do. Mine's a little bit better than his, but it is a Yoda shirt. However, I mean, mine says, you know, strong. You know, strong. The struggle is. So I think that's a lot more wittier. Mine has three words for you of Yoda, and it's several down the bottom here. But you know, we're both huge Star Wars fans. We're Wait, about really? Yeah huge i mean you just you just saw him you isn't like you've been seeing him what star wars yeah i saw i saw them in in many years ago at this point right but i mean star wars fans you got to see him like in elementary school so what he's talking about <laughs> while we get into this podcast is that uh i didn't see the original three movies which were episode four five and six which is a major aspect of being a star wars fan when they were out of course i didn't say when they came out i wasn't born yet neither was i but they did put them back in theaters did they not they did and i didn't see them however and you're gonna talk about me with into the spider verse <laughs> really mike okay however they then came out episode one two and three which i also didn't see in theaters oh really so did you see any of them in theaters besides the new ones Exactly. But then exactly. I took an entire weekend and watched episode one through six in that order, which people say I shouldn't have watched it in that order because it didn't come out in that order, but it makes more Chronolo logical sense. Chronological sense. I got you. Right. So I did watch them and I became a huge fan. And you also watch Rebel One in between, right? Well, no, I, I did the one through six thing way before Rebel One came out. Okay. I watched it. I, this is like like late 2000s. Um, and I became a huge fan at that time. And me, when I become a fan of something, I start to learn all the lore and the mythical aspects of it and all the history going down to how sabers, lightsabers are formed and everything. Kyber crystals. So you learned the canon. I did learn the canon. And you know the difference from legends. I do know the difference between legends and canon. So I learned it all. Well, we'll give you a honorary membership today. Okay. I'll take it. I'll take it for today. Um, but yes, they go ahead and see Rebel One and Solo movie, uh, Rogue One. I'm sorry, and Solo movie as, as well. Um, and I guess we should start there since we're already on Star Wars um, with Disney Plus. Since they're the ones who'll be launching um, the uh, 
Mandalorian show, which is in Star Wars lore. And um, the uh, that's the only show, apparently, there'll be new show they'll be launching with. Right. Which is on the 12th. And mm-hmm. they're going to have two episodes, one on the 12th and one on the uh, 15th to start. And then I'll be coming out weekly uh, after that. And I think that's enough because Star Wars is so popular. They're going to get millions of subscriptions just based on Mandalorian alone. And the fact that they got all the other, the huge Disney uh, catalog, which includes, you know, Pixar stuff and Marvel stuff. It's just going to be a, a huge thing to me. And, you know, with Star Wars, the Mandalorian, only issue with that is because they're so big, other countries who weren't be able to get Disney Plus yet are probably going to try to, you know, steal it some type of way. Well, here's the thing. It's kind of like what happened with Game of Thrones. I feel like you'll have people, you know, waiting to see it, but it'll they'll release it in, you know, time that's close to, unless they're, did they say they're going to release it in 2020 for the rest of the world? They're talking about mid twenty twenty for the rest of the world. Oh, yeah. well, then you might you might be right about that, sir. Yeah, Star Wars, bro. People are gonna not want to wait to see it. So yeah, I mean, I think they'll wait to see the reviews. So right, you know, they'll probably see our reviews and be like, yeah or nay. Yeah, I agree with that. Now the thing about Disney Plus is that besides the um, and 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 it's the gift that keeps on giving for me. Uh, as of Verizon, unlimited customers. <laughs> I to this last time, I get it for free. However. I use uh, Amazon Fire TV for all my streaming stuff in my house. And up until Thursday, Amazon was not going to have Disney Plus. Interesting. But they came to an agreement. It makes the most sense. That's To me, I consider that the member when there was a possible lockout of the NFL. Yes. I mean, again, a lot of posturing. By the end of the day, there's too much money to be lost on something silly like that. I mean... It, at the end of the day, it doesn't make any sense to have something like Amazon Prime and not have any type of, you know, connection with Disney Plus. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I don't know what the agreement wound up being, but the issue was about during the shows, the um, the actual uh, commercials that come on during the shows and would it be more Amazon friendly or Disney friendly and things of that nature. However, um, or well, obviously it should be Amazon friendly. It's their network, right? Their streaming service, streaming um, platform. Right, right. I agree with you on that. You know, and I mean, I'm really not going to see. I'm I'm not expecting to see a lot of subscriptions for Disney Plus until all the shows are officially off of Netflix. That to me, that'll be like that'll be the uh, let's say like Black Monday in the stock market where everyone right. let's say perhaps leaves Netflix and joins Disney Plus. We'll, right. we'll see. Um, I don't know. I think I think with the bundle they're offering with the um for uh, I believe twelve or thirteen ninety nine, don't quote me on that, but you get Disney Plus, you get Hulu, uh and ESPN plus. That's a pretty good deal. And Disney Plus by itself is only seven ninety nine or seven dollars. It's a really, really good deal. Or if we're being fiscally responsible for those who want to acclimate personal wealth, we wanna get a annual membership until it's sixty seven dollars per year. I agree with that. And also you know, the thing about bundles like everything else in life is uh, you got to be careful because the bundle draws you in. However, if you never watch ESPN Plus, was it really worth it for you in the first place? And it's a certainty that the price will go up incrementally into perpetuity, just like Netflix. This is true. Um, but with that being said, I want to get into the uh, what Josh doesn't know about 
Uh, I mentioned to him last night. So it's with the Marvel TV shows, basically, Josh. Okay. So when Marvel um, announced all these TV shows that are coming, one of the uh, Wanda, main, WandaVision and Loki. WandaVision, Loki. What if? Falcon and Winter Soldier. What if? Hawkeye series. Mm. Um, then they're also talking about in the future a She-Hulk series. Okay. Uh, so there's several shows that they have forthcoming. And when they announced it at D23, all these shows that were coming, uh, one of the first things Feige said, Kevin Feige, president of Marvel, um, said was that the shows will intertwine with the movies. Which is what I thought people want. That's what they didn't like about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And I like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but I thought... One of the main complaints is that it didn't tie in the movies enough. Right. And he's saying that's going to tie in so sufficiently that you really want to watch these shows. Which is what they should do. It makes the most sense. I mean, yeah. Right. But then there's people who are saying, you know, I go to, I support Marvel and I go to see these movies. However, I may not want to pay for a Disney Plus subscription. So is it fair that I need to have to watch these shows to be able to enjoy these movies? And that's a fair point, but... I'm sure the folks at Disney and Marvel are respectfully saying, now, if you supported Marvel, how much money do you probably average, you know, you average spending in terms of supporting Marvel per year, it'll probably cost the same amount that you would pay for Disney Plus. Yeah, if you see two, three or four movies, you're probably right, you know. So, oh. you, so to me, financially, people are already trained to pay Marvel, what, two to three times a year? Right. Right, but now I'm paying them for that and on top of the uh, the Disney Plus so I can make sure I'm all caught up with everything. However, again, this is why I keep saying it's going to be very interesting once the shows are officially removed from Netflix. Right. Because that might be a service that people will just do without because Netflix is now creating their own content since a lot of con- a lot, lot of producers and studios are taking their content off of their own right. and creating their own streaming service. Right. So now I didn't know this until I was researching it this week. Now FX is going to be on Disney Plus too, so you have shows like Archer. Actually, um, just to kind of correct Josh, FX is going to be on Hulu, which Disney owns. I mean, again, so it's, it's the same thing, yeah, basically. But it's going to be on this. So yeah, you have shows like Archer, which is a great comedy. Um, the um, The Americans was a great FX show. Yeah. Oh, I love um, Atlanta. Did you ever watch Atlanta? I need to get on it, but you know, Childish Gambino, <laughs> Donald Glover. Yeah. Shout out to Donald Glover. Yeah. Yeah, and I thought he was and going back to Star Wars. Did you think he was good as Lando Calrissian? As Lando, I think uh, he they did, but I was a little confused by his let's say asexual nature. Okay, because they you know, and the fact that they made him in love with the droid. Yeah, that was a little weird, right? Yeah. They're you know they're pushing the transhumanist theory, which is congruent since Iron Man is all about that life with nanotech, right? Con- you know, converging the uh, the singularity of humanity and technology, right? Um, I thought it was good too. I thought he, I thought his every time he was on screen, he stole the scene that he was in. Um, even though that wasn't a great movie in my opinion. Um, That's fair. I mean, I would say I loved it because I'm a Star Wars fan. Right. So I'm always going to be biased and consciously biased towards that. Right. But I could also see it could have been a lot better. I understand why fans didn't like it at all. It's really good. It's a mango and green tea. It's really good tea. Also, um, I just had to uh, get you a little bit. If you want to turn the glass, the cup around. Oh, did I miss something here? (laughs) (laughs) Got him. (laughs) 
Wow. For those of you listening, <laughs> uh, Josh gave me a cup of tea, a mug of tea, cup of tea, and it's an Eagles cup. And for those of you who listen to our other podcasts, uh, A New Year Radio, shout out to A New Year Radio, I loathe the Eagles. I hate them with every sense of my being. And I shouldn't probably say that in this house because the owner apparently is an Eagles. He was an Eagles fan. So wait, what team do you support again? I'm a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. That's fair. How you guys? Well, actually, we'll, we'll save that for an, another, another podcast. <laughs> but on this mental theater podcast, yes. Josh definitely got me on that. So I'm drinking from the enemy's cup, so to speak. That's and, like being a rebel, but drinking from a Death Star cup. Like, what are you doing, Mike? Uh, apparently, but I was set up. <laughs> <laughs> it's a trap. It's a trap. I have a bad feeling about this. So, and your thoughts, you don't think the people should have a gripe about paying for Disney Plus? Um, just to be able to uh, watch the Marvel movies and know what's going on? Honestly, not at all because of the immense value that you're getting with Disney. Now, Disney is very clever the way that they release content, as we've seen by their overwhelming success and dominance in the comic book comic book genre right. since Marvel Studios has been created, right? Right. So you're not only going to get all of that content, all the Marvel content from forever, right? Right. So that includes cartoons. Yes. This includes Spider-Man, the animated series, X-Men from the, the 92 series. Um, you're talking about the Darkwing Duck, uh, Tailspin, DuckTales, all your childhood favorites, so to speak. And everything from the Disney vault. So this is essentially you're paying for the Disney vault. And the Disney vault, you usually get these movies, you know, once a year, maybe. Right. So now you get them anytime you want. Yeah. So, so to me, that, that value is it, they're actually they could actually charge you more, but they're not. So you're saying don't be don't look at it so much as I have to get the subscription to ke uh, keep it with the Marvel movies, but I'm getting so much in return. It's worth it anyway. Not only that. So, you know, adding on to Kevin Feige's point, there's a there's a probability knowing how Marvel likes to reward us as fans. Right. That you might get a early preview of the film. On Disney Plus, that's number one, and there also might be some promotions where you can get discounts and early tickets. Private, imagine they had private screenings for Disney Plus members only that are early. Oh, could you imagine that? They would do. Oh, they would just. I can see that, and, and when they probably and when they put the um, the uh, their content on there after the movie's been out, you're likely you might probably get the you know the full director's cut, deleted scenes, all that stuff because you're a Disney Plus subscriber and you're helping save the environment because all this will be you know you'll ha essentially like you said you'll have the blu-ray extras with blu-ray quality without the actual discs right which the world is going towards streaming which i keep trying to tell uh jazz and other people that you know cable is going to be obsolete well he knows he, jazz has the the fire stick so he he's streaming all his content on that tv is streaming so he knows Right. See, they, they feel as though, um, just to go into streaming now, at, at some point, because everyone is streaming, that it's going to cost as much as cable. So why not just keep cable? Well, because cable has so many issues. Well, well my, my, my thoughts are this. It's twofold. One, it's because you, you're not going to be able to get the same content on cable as you're going to get on the streaming networks. Right. And two, cable is... Uh, one dish where streaming is a la carte. So this month I may want to watch Netflix for this show, but I can cancel it 
and come back six months later. So I'm not always paying the same price every month. That's completely factual. And I would also argue and add to that. If you think about on demand, on demand is basically what streaming is now. Right. So, but you have a bigger library. Right. And it takes up less space because it's in the cloud. Right. And to my point, as this is a fantasy podcast, when Game of Thrones, mm. one of our favorite shows ended, I got rid of my HBO streaming service. Really? Yes. And I haven't had it since. That makes a lot of sense because I knew HBO would need another show to get people to come back. Right. Not saying there's not other things on HBO I might want to see at some point, but they don't have that Game of Thrones type of lore for me. So what I may do is if there's two or three shows that come out and they're pretty good, maybe I get HBO for like a month, binge watch those, and cancel it again. Where Game of Thrones, I want to keep it at all times because, you know, I want to keep watching the stuff as it came out. So it's different for me. So, yeah, with it being a la carte, I think you wind up saving money. Then cable, you can't just say, I want to cancel this for a month and come back. It doesn't really work that way. You're under a lot of times, sometimes under even uh, contracts with different companies. So I think streaming is the the, the new medium. So Disney Plus, we're all in. Uh, I don't know if Josh is getting it on Tuesday or what's going on with him. He has to pay for it. I don't, so I don't know what's going on with that. Oh, you already remember when I sent you that thing? Oh, I was right. already already paid. And okay. Up. So did you do, did you do, did you do the full year as you've been on? Uh... I did. Okay. That's nice. All right. So Josh is good. Josh is sold and done. I get it for a year. So again, I'm, I'm good on mine. And I'm just curious when the price will go up. Um, I think it will be after a year for me personally. I agree. Uh, with my Verizon thing, apparently I get it free for the year and then I get this startup price for the following year. Nice. So... I'm kind of good for two years with Disney Plus. But um again, it's seven dollars a month right now. So if you're not if you don't wanna, you know, pay more, I urge you to jump in. Like Josh said, watch out for Netflix because they are losing all their content from other people. Even NBC, you know that, right? I saw that as well. Yeah, NBC started a network called the Peacock streaming network. And shows like The Office. Which is probably the number one reason I think people signed up for Netflix originally was because of that show. The Office. Of course. I I didn't sign up for it because of The Office, but I didn't watch The Office when it was on until the very, very last season. That's fair. But I binge watched it on Netflix, right? Like 10 seasons. took me like a month and a half or something like that. But wow. I, I did binge watch it on Netflix, and it's, it's, it's hilarious. When you said to Jim and Pam on our last podcast... I got the whole thing from there. And and moving on from uh, Disney Plus, um, let's talk about RDJ and Avengers and Avengers Endgame. And just to kind of set the whole scene for it, um, as I was saying before, about a month ago, this is, of course, Oscar season when nominees start getting formed and a lot of Oscar-related movies come out. Uh, also, um, they start to... Uh, companies start to submit actors from their movies for uh, for the consideration of the Academy is, is how it works. So about a month ago, it was said that Disney would not submit Robert Downey Jr. for Avengers Endgame uh, to the Academy because, you know, possibly felt like he didn't have a chance of winning and why submit him if he didn't have a chance of winning? Well, a month later, 
turns out the big heads at Disney kind of changed their mind. And not only did they submit RDJ, Robert Downey Jr., apparently, but they submitted basically the whole uh, cast of Avengers Endgame. Well, to me, that was very clever by them because they had this planned out all along. So they were essentially saying, we're not going to submit him as a lead, but we're going to submit him as a supporting actor. Correct. So they submitted him, Chris Evans, Chris Hemsworth, and about nine other people as supporting actors and actresses for Avengers Endgame. Now, where Josh and I may disagree is that Josh feels like he should have been submitted as the lead, and he is the lead. Correct? I mean, he is the backbone of the MCU. Is this not the uh, rhetoric that's going around from the big heads at Marvel? He always has been the backbone of the MCU. However, we're talking talking about just one singular movie. And in this singular movie, Avengers Endgame, it was more of an ensemble. So I didn't really see him as Well, again, all the Avengers is going to be an ensemble. So I think they should win the award based on like the best ensemble. I think that's factual. That's However, if you get paid the most, if you if the marketing campaign is not complete without you, right? Yeah. But in the actual movie, were you a lead character? Of course, especially in the, you're, especially you're in this the, game, especially in this end game, absolutely. The things you mentioned you're talking about the semantics surrounding the movie, but not the actual movie. You said get paid the most, and the market is not complete without you. That's nothing to do with happen on screen. Well, I think we do understand that nowadays with the Academy Award, it's a little bit like a popularity contest. So those semantics are actually factored into their consideration. With all due respect to the Academy, it's quite obvious. <laughs> um, okay, I, I, I can see that as a point as well. And, I uh, Okay, and this quick question, sorry to cut you off. No, do, you're fine. You're do you think... That if him and Cap, spoiler alert, obviously, switched the way they exited the Avengers in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, that people would feel that way about Chris Evans. Because I, f- I personally do not. And I, and I rate Cap highly, but no. Wait, so I'm sorry. So what do you think would happen if they, if they switched the way they exited? You would still, you wouldn't look at Chris Evans as the lead. Ah, I think I got to do with maybe their history as actors, too. That, too, of course. But, again, I put that in the semantics category, which you're correct. It's complete semantics, but they're factual semantics. <laughs> right. <laughs> Robert Downey Jr. has been a great actor for many, many, many years. And, I mean, Chris Evans is, is really good. I don't even know if he's been great at anything yet. but And he is the quintessential celebrity RDJ. Yes. He's had his rough years. He's had his major triumphs. He's given you the whole, the whole, the whole shebang in the career. I could see, I definitely see your points. I definitely see how they exited as well. Um, but I think Disney mm-hmm. is genius in their thinking. They they know the Academy like we do, and they probably think that he really won't have a chance to win at lead. Oh, yeah, I agree with that completely. So when they didn't submit it, I understood why people, why there was a backlash, but I also understood the thinking. Like, you know, comic book films don't really win Academy Awards unless you do something like The Dark Knight and right. Heath Ledger, which right. was deserved. Right. So with all due respect to, like you said, RDJ's greatness as an actor, he didn't really get to show his range, but he showed a wide range in this genre. Yes, I agree. But I think because of the ensemble part of it, it was short-lived because I don't know I don't know the exact runtime he was on screen for, but it wasn't, it wasn't in 
as many frames as let's say Heath Ledger was as the Joker. That's fair in the movie because of because of the ensemble nature of it, but also you know it's, there's so many um, other movies, and I'm a big movie buff that as everyone knows, um, where um, there's so many other supporting actors and other movies out there that I think it may be hard for him to win regardless because... Oh, yeah, I agree with that as well. Yeah, of the Academies, you know, I think. And even, um, like, Brad Pitt in uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Like, I don't think no characters... Not just one example, by the way, but none of the characters in Endgame had a better supporting performance than Brad Pitt in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, me personally. So, um, so for submission, yes, but I don't think none of them have a chance of winning. And I would keep it as a... As a um, as a uh, as a supporting role, but it does go to show you just getting any type of consideration or nomination, how far comic book movies have come throughout the years and how they're being uh, viewed and reviewed uh, from the Academy and others. I think I said this on our initial mental theater, right? But I do think it's because of Christopher Nolan in The Dark Knight and Heath Ledger and Christian Bale and that whole amazing cast that comic books are viewed in that way if if it wasn't for the dark knight trilogy i don't think we think of comic book movies like this i think it definitely changed because you can definitely watch and it's funny we always go back here and i think because it is the staple of comic book movies but you can definitely watch those movies and know never read a comic book in your life or never watched a comic movie or a comic book film ever and they're so good, sometimes you forget they are a comic book film. Which is the point. Yes. And, so. and the crazy part is, and I have to give respect to you know Christopher Nolan as we segue to DC and the Birds of Prey. Yes. It's the simple fact that in all of the movies, you know there's going to be a positive inning, right? You know Batman is going to win. But there are legitimate moments, especially in The Dark Knight, where I was like, oh my God, he can't win. Yeah. Especially in The Dark Knight. I think for me it was when the Joker was in jail and he broke out. He broke out. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> that was the scene. I was like, wow. He really, yeah. you know, to, to quote uh, Adrian in Rocky Four, when he said to Rocky, you can't win. And that's what I was thinking of, which was a horrible support from your wife, by the way. Yeah. But it's neither here nor there. Adrian. <laughs> I hear my wife tell me, "Look, bro, you can't win. Just letting you know this. Like, fight him, like, bad." Um, so let's segue though from there to DC, but not to Birds of Prey, but something on Batman. Let's talk about the newest possible casting. <gasps> That's right, great segue. Yes, for the Batman, the newest movie of of Batman, starring Robert Pattinson, and now possibly Colin Farrell as the Penguin. And Andy Serkis as Alfred. Andy Serkis as Alfred. So these came out this week. Uh, these, they're in talks right now, which is a good thing. They haven't been uh, signed yet, but they are in, in, in heavy talks. Those are the two front runners for those roles. And want to see our thoughts on this. Let's, what do you think, Josh, about those possible well, I know you have you know issue possibly with Colin Farrell, which is respectable. Mm-hmm. However, I do think he does have it in his locker especially if they make it more realistic in terms of, let's say, a modern-day, not only crime-fighting detective flick, which is what they want to do it, but also to make it realistic in the same way that Christopher Nolan kind of set the the blueprint for DC gritty films. So the same way they did with Todd Phillips, did with The Joker, right? Right. So I think that if you have a, 
let's say if you have an Irish mobster type of role for Colin Farrell, I think he, as a penguin and being part of that crime syndicate type of aspect in Gotham, I think that would be brilliant. I think he could really nail that role. And I, obviously we all know how we feel about Andy Serkis, what he did with everything in Marvel, everything from Lord of the Rings. And shame on you for not seeing Lord of the Rings, Mike. Oh, yeah. my goodness. Gollum. You know what? As, as, as he brought that up, I feel like now I'm getting the shame for this week because I have not seen Lord of the Rings 1, 2, or 3. I did see one partly, but that's another story for another podcast. Josh knows what happened there. But I, I need to watch those. And I gave you a pass for not seeing The Hobbit. Right. right, but Lord of the, I mean, come on! If you watch Game of Thrones, you got to watch Lord of the Rings. In all, in all fairness to me, Lord of the Rings came out at a time where um, I wasn't as big of a of a movie fan, and I was very, very young, um, and my lifestyle wasn't to sit for three hour movies at the time. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, where now I'll go do it any any, any day, you know. But um, as far as back to the castings for me, I also want to give a shout out to Andy Serkis for what he did. Um, as Caesar and the Planet of the Apes. Movies. Oh yeah, I love those movies. If you don't mind me asking, because I feel like it is on topic, <clears throat> because Will Smith also used the same technology he used with the 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 cinem- was the cinematography mask where it tracks your movements. Right. Now they also did that for Gemini Man, Gemini Man, but also Nick Fury with Samuel Jackson to make him look younger. They oh, the aging technology, yes. right? So, do you feel like it's called a deep a deep fake? Is what it's called in in Hollywood terms, yeah. right? But it's based upon your physical movement, so yeah. it, it would not the performance would not be possible uh, CGI wise, right? Right. If it wasn't for that actor, do you think they should be considered for Oscars based upon their performance, even if it's with that mask, that digital mask? So. Here's the thing about that, and they were talking about that recently on another show I listened to uh, podcast. Um, but the thing about it is that it's, it's going so far. I don't know if you heard or not, but there's a a movie apparently that got greenlit for now, but a lot of backlash happening because apparently it's supposed to be starring James Dean. Ooh, that's interesting. James Dean, who died. 50 years ago. But they're going to digitally implant his face and a voice, essentially. Right. right. Yeah. As, you know, to play this character. Not like a um, a small cameo like um, uh, Rogue One for uh, Princess Leia, mm-hmm. which was really good, by the way. Of course. <laughs> or uh, what was it? The general in Rogue One? Tarkington? Or not? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Another one. Who was, that was also really good. Yeah. I mean, you could tell it was that, but you know, yeah, you didn't mind. You didn't mind, but more actual like James Dean throughout the movie, and you got a lot of backlash from Chris Evans, who we we're just talking about about it. Really, what did he say? Uh, he, he sent a tweet out like uh, very uh, sarcastically. Um, well, let, let me start back. So the director said, and this is just the funny thing about it. He said after. Along as Josh's text messages go off, <laughs> um, after a long search to find a perfect person for this role, um, we uh, finally found it, and we think the best person for this role was James Dean. After all the actors that we searched for, so people are like, after all the actors you searched for, 
the actor you found for this role was a guy who's been dead for 50 years. And again, this is the same technology that was used for Avatar and is being used throughout Avatar 2, 3, 4. Like you said, Andy Serkis did it with Caesar. He did it with Gollum and Schmeagle in Lord of the Rings. So this technology has been out for decades. And King Kong, which I didn't even know that was him that did that before. Wow. The first one with Naomi Watts. Really? Yes. And Jack Black. Yes. That was Andy Serkis playing Kong. Wow. I know. It blew my mind, too. But see, this is why I think it should be considered, because he has he has the ability. Yeah. I mean, if anyone should get an award for that, it should be him. Right. There's a... Um, uh, and I'll get to that in a second. So, um, so for so for me, uh, here, here's where it goes to it. So somebody like James Dean, right? His estate essentially has granted permission for them to use his likeness and voice and things of that nature for the particular role. But then it goes to um, who gets the award for it? The estate, right? Um, who gets the um, you know the the, the the kudos for it, right? I mean, somebody like hmm. Samuel Jackson, who is alive, who's just wearing these small tennis balls, right, where they play these parts, I see it. But then when you keep going with technology, as inevitably will happen, it goes to death. Well, again, I don't see how in this situation it applies only because if we're going to think about the production, how they would do it, they would probably get a guy either with the same clothes, right, or a whole green suit with the including his face, and they would superimpose his face onto his face, and they would still use James Dean's voice. So really, he's just he's just a crash test dummy, really. He's not he's not really... So is he his ward, this random guy who's just like built like James Dean? I mean, uh, really, think about it. If you go to Hollywood right now and go and you put an ad out for a Marilyn Monroe or James Dean lookalike, how many people are going to show up? Hundreds of them. Thousands, right? right? So all you need is someone who can have the same build, right? Right. And then you superimpose their face. But again, if it's an amazing performance. But it, it can't be from that actor simply because it's James Dean's face and his words. The actor didn't do anything. He just stood there. But you can see how it can cause some controversy. I don't at all because I, I equate this and not to disrespect you know people who were trees in their class play. But if you're a tree in the background in the class play, it's the same thing. But if I'm the actor, I'm like, I was the one who was actually doing the movements. I was turning my head. I was there for all those hours. Yeah, but again, stuntmen do more to you and get less credit. <laughs> to me, I, it's not even close. I mean, I, I can see where you're coming from. I just can also see how it can be uh, controversial. And also, when you're talking about that, um, and it's, and like I said, if somebody like Samuel Jackson mm-hmm. playing a younger version of himself, that's cool. Or like Will Smith, right? Or Will Smith playing a younger version of himself, that's cool. But again, as everything else we've seen in technology, right? The more you grow it and understand it, the more you think you can do. And this, so the company who um, who does this technology, especially with the dead actors, they were talking about, and you'll be so, like uh, surprised to hear this, but they were talking about, you know, there's no limit to what we can accomplish with this type of technology as we keep growing forward and learning it. We could even bring back Nelson Mandela to do speeches. Like, how far does this go if you have, like... And I'm curious if this is the same company that had that performance from Tupac in concert with the hologram. Right. Because it's sim- similar technology. It, it is it's similar, but I think it's grown since then. I was maybe like Coachella, right? Like 10 years ago or something like that, which made everybody think Tupac was alive for a moment, which was 
weird. But um, yeah, I don't know. I just think that at some point we got to stop. I know we're not going to, but I just feel like we're talking about bringing back historical people to say, you know, let's do this speech. It becomes a little bit like clouded a little bit, you know, in that way. Well, again, did you think Idris did a great job as Mandela? No. Interesting. All right. I mean, me personally, no. I just think they casted him because of who he was. Um, and also, there's tons of non-working actors out there. I think they're not doing. They're doing a disservice to the to us as a public and to the actors out there by not just getting a non-working actor if they want that or a working actor to play the particular part. Like I don't think they need they need James Dean, you know, so to speak. And I think that. As an as some uh, as as I think if, if it were, were someone who was an actor actress, it starts to think like, well, if this actor is doing ten films, you know, somewhere and it can't you know be there for this, why wouldn't they just like do their send their likeness you know real quick and say now nah, I'm starting this movie too, but instead of casting someone else. I mean, then you're getting to James Cameron category where he doesn't want to use actors at all. Yeah, and that becomes a problem too. So I mean, I just mean, um, um, to answer your question, if you play the role yourself, like Samuel L. Jackson or Will Smith, I think you should be considered for award because you actually did play the role, even though it was a younger version of yourself. But if it's something like you said, like the guy's just like basically like a, a tree, and I'm like putting everything up on you to be James Dean or whoever yeah, it is, you're, you're not James Dean, right? <laughs> and that's weird that they're doing that with James Dean. I feel like they would rather do that with someone like you know michael jackson because i feel like with the whole james dean aspect there how many people are alive who still know who james dean is james dean was in three movies i mean i know he was a very popular person overall right when you really look at it he was literally in three movies you know so it's like again yeah so when it so to your point when this movie comes out starring james dean how many of our generation or under are gonna be like who the hell is James Dean? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, we might know, but, you know, a lot of people probably won't. In a very interesting aspect, he was kind of the counterpart to Marilyn Monroe for guys. Right. But Marilyn, every girl knows who Marilyn Monroe is. Right. Which is interesting. So, again, it, it would make more sense for Marilyn, but they didn't do that with Marilyn. Either. Right. So, it doesn't make any sense to do it with James Dean specifically. Yeah, that's, that's weird. It's weird, but it just goes to the technology aspect of it. And we were talking about... Um, Circus and uh, and what his performances have been. That's how we got to that topic. So I think Circus would make a great Alfred. I think um, the age they're having Batman um, be, I think that's a perfect uh, dichotomy with that age of Andy Circus being Alfred. Mm-hmm. Um, I could see him and uh, Pattinson playing very well off of each other. Right. He has that certain forceful nature as an actor. And it's, let me just because we we talked about all his um uh green screen performances uh circus but he's also a good actor an amazing actor like i said those green screen performances with with that technology would not be that without him so i love what he did as chloe in black panther right i i um i actually attest i wish he did not die as soon as he did i thought his performance was great in black panther like the whole uh um, the, the 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 part in the um, and in, in the casino where, where the guy's like, uh, that's my mix. He said, "That's yeah, I got a mixtape coming out." Like that's hilarious to me, right? And whatnot. So I thought it was great. I know people love um, uh, Michael B. Jordan's character. 
um, Killmonger, Killmonger, so to speak. But you know, and I don't know if that goes into racial things or whatever. But I thought Claw was great in the movie, me personally, and me personally as well. I thought he was great as Supreme Leader Snoke. Yes, Kylo Ren. <laughs> However, he died both. He died off in Star Wars and the MCU, so this is why he's in DC. Why he's in DC. So he, right now he is the franchise king from Lord of the Rings to Planet of the Apes to Star Wars to the MCU and now to to DC with Batman. To also, I don't know if you know or not, he's directed Venom too. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. And, and again, because you bring up his amazing acting ability. So I will actually... Because he did such a great job with Chloe and Black Panther, I thought he would also make a great penguin as well. <laughs> yeah, just saying. So he's directing Venom too, which is Sony, so he's a part of that that uh Ensemble. Ensemble as well. Um so I think it'll be great. Colin Farrell, I get your point. When you, when you, when we when he first brought this to me, I said Colin Farrell is penguin? I don't know. But then we said about the Irish mobster penguin, or even the penguin from the Gotham TV series. Exactly. That's I think that he would be really good at that. He would probably be the biggest name outside of circus on this uh ensemble cast. And he's a really good actor too. So I can see it uh from that standpoint. And I and like you said, uh, uh Christopher Nolan changed things with that grittier, more realistic type of Batman. Because remember the Penguin from the nineteen ninety two version, Danny DeVito. Danny DeVito, who did a good job, right, as the Penguin that we were accustomed to. This and again, this is back when you know, comic book genre was still a little bit more cartoony, right. So you had Mister Freeze and special Pen- effects. Penguin, yeah. and it was it was a lot more cartoony, like Tim Burton, if right, you right. Even that with the um. Which Jack was, of course, a great Joker. Of course, but he was a more of a uh, a uh, cartoony type Joker. He, you know, he had the the whole paint going on. He wasn't just a clown who had a bad life and went through things. He was just a, you know, he. he it, it was said that he was a, a, a criminal, but once he fell in the the uh, the the vial the of acid, acid, it made him go clownish, and you know. That was, that's cool for the time, but I do like what they're doing now. So to answer your questions, I think there will be great castings, especially Andy Serkis. I hope they actually get that done. Just to have Andy Serkis and Robin Pattinson and um, Paul Dano and and um, and uh, Zoe Kravitz like all in the same movie. And Wait, who's Paul Dano? Paul Dano is going to play the Riddler. Okay, and but to create to complete this ensemble, who is going to play Jim Gordon? Oh, you didn't see that? Nah. Um, now I gotta I gotta find out his name, and I know I'm so mad because this is one of my favorite actors, like maybe of all time. It's black guy too, and it's a shame. He's gonna be Jim Gordon. Yeah, Jim Gordon. Okay. Um, but um, of all time, and you don't know who it is. I, I listen, man. I watch a lot. I, I do a lot. We were just talking about it the other day. Um, I'm sorry, guys, but I will know in one second. As I'm trying to get service down here, but I'll find out about that. However, we still are looking forward towards um, the Batman. And I'm not getting full service down here. 
what happened with Verizon? You can get service everywhere. What I happened? I think his house is, uh, we're in the warehouse, and I think it's a little bit <laughs> cut off back here a little bit. Shade. I think he set me up like he did with the Eagles Cup, you know, honest with you. Well, I have T-Mobile, and my service is great down here. I think he's got a hot spot in here somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Nevertheless, I'll let him find uh, Jim Gordon. Uh, since he's shaving Verizon now, so I don't get free Disney Plus now. However, um, Jeffrey Wright. Jeffrey Wright, one of my favorite actors of all time. Felix and the Daniel Craig James Bond. Yes, is playing Jim Gordon, which was not, I guess it's uh, new, not controversial for some reason, but it's going to be a black Jim Gordon. And I think because he's such a good actor, people know he could bring to the role. It is weirdly not controversial at all. Again, I feel like, uh, again, because Jeffrey Wright is an incredible actor, I feel like he he I feel like he is the quintessential supporting actor. So I I think they real people realize that he's not going to overshadow, you know, Batman. Batman. And when you get someone like Gary Oldman, who is an illustrious actor himself, yes, the only reason why he didn't overshadow Batman because you had Christian Bell, right? So you need to have that balance, right, right. for those roles, right? So I, I'm and I'm a little bit worried. I get, actually, I'm not that worried, but it's I'm I'm questioning if Andy is going to over overshadow Robert. I, I don't think so. I don't think so either. But it's a possibility because he's such a tremendous actor, and he and Albert is a supporting character. I think because Alfred, um, I think because Andy's so good, he knows when to fall back. Like in mm. in, uh, in Black Panther, mm-hmm. he didn't overshadow um, T'Challa um, in in the movie. Um, I think like he knows when to move forward and fall back. He's very very. He's such a good actor. I agree. I think he'll let him shine and and do his part. He's not a person. The thing about Andy Serkis is that like. You know, like I just told you about Kong, right? And I didn't know about Snook, to be honest with you, Mm -hmm. until just now. So he's not looking for the limelight or looking to, like, you know, say, look what I did. He does these parts. He makes sure he does a good job at them. If you find out it was him, so be it. You know, that's the one thing good about him. So he'll play a part and not say, like, well, I need this, I need that, or I need this, you know, which is great. I agree completely. It's just that most likely he will not be behind the technology. So th- this is what I'm saying. Right. So most all those roles is behind behind the scenes and and you know the special effects realm. Right. So th- this is what I'm saying. So again, I I agree completely. So he'll be able to show that range and perhaps be considered as a supporting actor role in an, an Oscar nominee. You never know. So since you just found out about the Jeffrey Wright, how do you feel about it? You feel good about it? Oh, absolutely. I I definitely trust what he can do. And again, I'm just curious. Who's who's directing again? Um, Matt Reeves. Matt Reeves, right? I'm curious how Matt is going to, you know, have these wonderful personalities and brands and characters and actors as prominent characters in in Gotham without overshadowing each other and challenging, know. you know, each other, which is going to be cool. It's amazing that he is going to have these many villains in the movie. Because we're already talking about Catwoman, the Riddler, um, Penguin. That's already three, you know, that's already been casted by itself. So, and he's got more coming. So it's amazing that how he would do this. I'm very, very, because usually, you know, they have one or two at the most. So you get a feel for each villain and how they, um, and their thought process and, 
and what they go through. So to see that, I, it's gonna be. I wonder how he's gonna make sure that we like do get a relationship with each villain, with so many villains to have on screen at the same time. And I'm curious to see if this is gonna be just a one shot film, or you think it's gonna be a trilogy? I think it's gonna be a trilogy. And if it is, I'm calling it right now. Let's let's hit Back the record. I'm gonna say, go ahead. I can see something like Poison Ivy being the main villain in the third movie. Okay, I thought we'd go somewhere else, but um, I can see her like the second or third movie. I think I'll go back to the whole Joaquin Phoenix getting a trilogy somewhere. But um, I mean, he can be in the second movie. Yeah. Uh, so actually, my, my brother, who loves our podcast, he agrees with Josh that he thinks Joaquin Phoenix's Joker should be in one of the movies. And it will help DC by having that intertwine. I agree. And that'll lead into our next episode when we talk about what DC can do to compete with Marvel. Yes, exactly. So shout out to my brother, Nate. But Nate, dog? <laughs> he definitely agrees with Josh um, on that situation. And sounds, I, sounds like a very bright young man. And I, and, I, and I gave him details of why I don't agree, but we talked about that in our last podcast. So, um, again, when the movie comes out, we want to revisit those moments and see who was right um, when they come out. However, um, yeah, so the Batman casting is keeping it moving. I hope they do sign on soon. And um, hope that we are able to... Uh, Get more casting as, as time comes along. And Birds of Prey. Birds of Prey is about staying with DC. So uh, I saw the trailer online. Josh saw it uh, at the movies. Before the Joker. Right. And we were talking about that too. I didn't see it at the movies because I go to the movies often. So I have pretty much time down to where I get there when the movie's about to start. Okay. I don't want to see previews. Really? Yeah, I mean, I've watched so many online when they come out already. Fair enough. So it's always going to be a second time I'm watching it for me. Um, Except with this specific trailer. Birds of Prey? You saw it online, but you, you could have saw it in movies first. No, I saw, no, it was online before it was in the movies. So you, I thought you saw it recently. No, I saw the Birds of Prey trailer a month and a half ago, maybe. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So I don't, I don't, I don't see him in movies most of the time, um, for the most part. And you know, some I may purposely go like Star Wars. I think they're going to save trailers to put out before Star Wars because it's such a big movie, and they may not put them out online first. So I may possibly do that. And you know, movies like that, right? Endgame, Star Wars. Oh yeah. But um, other stuff I don't. Um, they recently added five minutes to. I go to a Regal theater. And I got the unlimited pass because near my house. Um, and he added five minutes to the trailers uh, recently. So up to 25 minutes of pre-movie stuff. Really? Yeah. Before that, it was like 21 and a half, right? So I got, again, I got a time down to a science. And it's, that's, a big, that's a big thing about moviegoers. We're getting upset because it went from, you know, 5 to 10 to 15, 20, uh, up to now 25 where I go. Some movies just have 30 before you even get, uh, the movie even starts. I... I'm an AMC Stubbs member. AMC's 21, by the way. So, of previews or pre movie stuff. Mm, for the ones I go to, is like 10 to 15. There's no way of 10 to 15. Well, then again, I'm not going in the beginning. So, when a movie comes out, I'm usually going later after it, the uh, excitement has died. Okay, down. that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. probably should have left previews because it's not helping a preview if nobody's there. That makes sense, yeah. actually. But usually, when it comes out, I'm, I'm always a first two week person. AMC, 
Um, we used to be 16 is up to now like 21 and Regal's like 25. And it's just like, and Regal added five minutes. The hilarity of it all is Regal added five minutes to the beginning of the previews, the five minutes to talk about the Regal Unlimited pass. <laughs> so well, it makes sense because that's a upsell moment. Right. So the thing that I had to see the movies is adding more time to my previews. Well, yeah, it's offsetting the cost. Right. I, I get it. Yeah, yeah, I definitely get it. However, as a moviegoer, it's it's it gets to be a little tedious, you know, at certain times. So I, I don't see those. So if you ever do go to the movies, go to Regal, look for 25 minutes of previews. If you want to try to get there, you know, at like the 21, 22 minute mark, so you don't see a lot of previews, I, I would do that. Well, here's the thing. So I understand what you're saying, and I empathize with that completely. But if we're going to think about people, how many would you rather, would you prefer people come in right before the movie starts and then they have to go to the bathroom or something or would you rather have them there early and do all that in the previews well of course i mean we're talking about other things i meant the people who are actually like when you go if you go there right before the movie starts the start time and say you go there with the anticipation of uh, getting your popcorn in the bathroom 15 15 minutes before the start time so then movie theater well again you got to give yourself more credit sir because you're thinking on Think about it at that level. Most people are not. <laughs> right. So so this is equivalent to the bathroom break because you're not going to have it during the film. Right. So if you get there at the start time, you're saying, at the theater, then you can use your bathroom and stuff then. By the time you do that, the preview will be close to ending anyway. I get that point. I'm just, you know, I, again, I give myself more credit. I've kind of learned it, the system. It's true. And you created your own system and probably a system that we'll see, you know, developed and shared in the future. Developed and shared uh, in the future. Uh, Shouts out to Regal and the Unlimited uh, limited movies that I get to see. So, yeah, what did you think about the Birds of Prey trailer? Birds of Prey. The Emancipation of Harley Quinn. The first teaser I thought was trash. <laughs> I just did. I'm about to be honest with you. Uh, as our listeners. Um, the second teaser was a little bit better. However, I don't think it's going to do that well. Mm, I agree. I think it would do well with the whole the uh, Captain Marvel aspect of things. Captain Marvel made a billion dollars, though. Well, in terms of, you know, it's it's a film for, it's a, a car, uh, excuse me, it's a comic book film for girls mostly. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, now I think when she's the same character will be in the next uh, Suicide Squad movie, I think that will do well. And again, I think uh, I agree. It also looked trash to me. Right. And the fact that they got, and I, I love the actor because he's Obi-Wan, Ian McGregor, as yes. the Joker. Yes. But I'm like. No, he's not Joker. I swear he was the Joker. He's not Joker. He's actually the villain of the film. I thought he was the Joker. He's not the Joker. There's no Joker in this movie. So, th- in this, so in this movie, she essentially talks about how she misses quote unquote Mr. J, and that and he they had, broke up, and they broke up, and and she's very upset. Um, Ewan McGregor is the villain of the movie. I believe his name is Black Black Hands or something like that. He's actually a DC villain. To be honest with you. Um, and he's the villain. I don't know the entire plot. Movie the movie hasn't actually showed the plot, so to speak. Um, but uh I don't even with Ewan McGregor, I don't think it's gonna be a great movie. I'll see it because I see movies. Right. And I review movies. 
So I'll definitely see it regardless. However, I'm not, I don't have great anticipation for the movie for when it comes out. Um, but I do like that going from the uh, previous Suicide Squad, they did start showing some of the uh, aspects of Harley Quinn from the Batman, the animated series that we knew and loved. There's one scene in the trailer. I don't know if you've seen it, Josh, where she hands the girl the stick of dynamite. And oh, yeah, it's at the it. end, yeah. Right. And that was more akin to what we saw in the animated series. Um, Harley Quinn, I don't know if you guys know it or not, is not quote unquote a comic book character because her actual start was in Batman the animated series. Like it wasn't, then, then they put her in comic books after that. But her actual character started in the Batman the animated series. They like created a character for the cartoon, right? Um, so, so to see that again, that series started in '94. I was. 10 or 12 years old, but to see that um, from that cartoon, her throw the, throw the, throw the uh, dynamite, that was a good callback to me, but overall, the movie doesn't look good. And did you recognize any other co-stars as comic book characters in the film? Because I certainly did not. I mean, full disclosure, I was never the biggest DC fan. Um, comic book wise, um, movies are getting better, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, so no, I did not either. Actors and actresses, the, the cast actually is not bad. I like Journey Smollett, who's a co-star in the movie. I like Ewan McGregor, obviously. Mm-hmm. And I like Margaret Robbie, obviously. I just don't think it's, it's going to be done well. And then we're going into this whole thing, which, which we talked about maybe on another podcast, another one about how the whole push for, um, females and female heroism is becoming very evident within Hollywood. I mean, the way that they describe this film is that it tackles misogyny. Right. <laughs> Overall. So I don't know how well it's going to play amongst 18 to 40 year old men, so to speak, but I guess we'll see. But I don't think would I, I the thing about DC is they've been having some hits and I feel that that may be a miss for them. It will not have the same success as Wonder Woman, which is coming out in uh, uh, June of of twenty twenty. Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four is the next movie that'll be out. Um, and for DC to go on our future podcast, and we'll talk about this more in depth. Then, Birds of Prey will be their first movie of twenty twenty. So when you say what can they do to kind of keep it going or keep it with Marvel in twenty twenty, I don't think I'm gonna get up to a good start. You you might be right on that one, Mike. I I don't know that. Looking a little, uh, I feel like they're they're uh, selling everyone on the future success of the Robert Pattinson Batman. I think that's all they have to to look forward to at this time. Oh, I, I don't know. I think Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four can be a um, a pretty good movie. Well, I, I mean, besides yeah, besides that, but, yeah. yeah. And also, whenever Aquaman two comes out, which hasn't been on shooting yet, but I thought Aquaman was really good. Oh, I loved it. Yeah, <laughs> it was really really good and well done. Um, better than a lot of movies that, I, that I've seen before. Um, also, uh, what happened this week, because we're catching up on the week, as we always do, is keeping up with our genre, is they released a teaser for Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse 2. And full disclosure, as we said before, Josh has not seen Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse 1. Because Josh had no desire. Josh had no desire, which is why he's getting shamed today. However, not more than Lord of the Rings, though. Sorry, <laughs> that's true. I'm taking the shame for today. We'll, we'll present a shame every week, and I'll take the shame for today for Lord of the Rings. <laughs> God, I thought I had him too. Um, I however, mean, I did watch the uh, 
you know, new rock stars aspect yeah. about the trailer teaser. Right. Good. I so watched that too. Shout out to, you know, Eric Voss. So what did you think of it as a person who did not see Into the Spider-Verse 1? I see why I had no desire to see the first one. Okay. That's fair. Now, again, everyone has had nothing but rave reviews for it. I just don't have the desire to see it yet. That doesn't mean I'm not going to see it eventually, probably since I'll have Disney Plus. I already have it now. So it should be on there, right? The first one? Uh, no, it's a Sony movie. It's not a Disney movie. That's it's right. not a Marvel movie, yeah. It is Sony. Yeah. Oh. We'll get, we'll get Josh to see Into the Spider-Verse at some point. However, is it because it's animated? Oh, oh no, because I grew up on animated Spider-Man. Okay. I just... What, well, because it was Miles Morales and not Peter Parker? Well, it didn't have any connection to the MCU. Oh. And again, I don't have that much time anyway because, you know, pretty much comic book fatigued. Right. Especially after Endgame, especially after Game of Thrones. All in that time period, I was very fatigued. Right. So I just didn't have any. Again, like I said on the last podcast, I didn't even see Far From Home until I watched it on Netflix the night before we recorded. And I right. thought that was a fantastic movie. And, you know. And it had connection to the MCU. Right. Right. And I still need to see Venom. I'll probably see Venom before I see that. And right. Tom Hardy is amazing. I hope he's the next James Bond. It, him or Idris, either one. Tom Hardy is amazing. And Venom um, was good. Not great, but good. I liked it. It was a good start to the Venom series, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, Into the Spider-Verse, however, was amazing. It was like, and I didn't go into it thinking it would be amazing. Because it was Sony? Because it was Sony. Because it was animated, everything I said, because it was animated, because it was Peter Parker, and because, I mean, Miles Morales, and because it wasn't connected to the MCU. Everything you just said is why I went into it kind of like, I don't know. So what made you love it? Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Um, you, you're watching it as a full-grown adult and not even feel like you're watching an animated movie. Nice. It's got everything a, a movie is supposed to have. It's got horror. It's got laughter. It's got action. It's got uh, it's thought provoking. It's um, it, it's well directed. Uh, the the script is actually good. Um, of course, it's a little over the top at sometimes because it is an animated movie, right? So you got to expect they can take liberties with things that a regular movie can't. However, it's still really, really you know great. I thought it was the best comic book. Not not the best, but 2018 had um, uh, it had uh, was it 18, 18, yeah, 18. It had um, Black Panther. It had um, uh, Infinity, Infinity War. War. It had Ant Man too, right? Ant Man and the Wasp. It had Aquaman, and it had Into the Spider Verse. I would put that second to me after Infinity Wars. After Infinity oh, Wars. now, you wilding. I'm not wilding. I'm not wilding. It is that good of a movie, bro. I'm sorry to tell you. All right. We'll, we'll see. Keep in mind, I like Black Panther. I thought it was we, good. You didn't like it that much. I have my issues with it. Yes. Right. Yes. No, I like it, though. But I did think. I mean, it's better than Ant-Man and the Wasp. Um, um, Black Panther, of course. But I just didn't. Uh, Spider-Man to the verse. Spider-Verse is that good. So with the teaser coming out, fans are excited because it did actually win an Academy Award. All right. Really? Yes. For what? 
Best animated film. Nice. Good for them. <laughs> of the year, right? Um, Skies. <laughs> it was just a great movie, bro. So it was actually, if you want to be honest with you, and I know it's animated, so I don't know if Josh counts it or not, but it's the best Spider-Man movie that's ever been done out of all of them, all the Sony ones and all the Marvel ones. Um, how dare you speak that way about Tobey Maguire in my home? <laughs> <laughs> Sony, to me, has done the best two Spider-Man movies. Even though people say, you know, they're, they, they want Spider-Man to stay with Marvel. If he didn't, which he did, eventually, I was fine with it. Because Sony's did the best two Spider-Man movies. And the Andrew Garfield movies, I thought were trash. They were big trash. <laughs> but Spider-Man 2 is still one of the best comic movies ever. The yeah. Tobey Maguire, Spider-Man 2. All right. And then second, it's Into the Spider-Verse. <laughs> to me personally. Um, did you see Homecoming? Because I, I still wasn't... On, I wasn't sure about that. Well, yeah, that's the only reason why I watched Far From Home because I saw Homecoming. But and what did you think of that one? Homecoming was good too. It's good, but it wasn't Tobey Maguire good though. Hmm. I would say it's better than the second one. The second Tobey Maguire movie, right? Spider Man Two. Are you crazy? That's the best. That's one of the best ones of all time. One in three. This is where we disagree, <laughs> and I'm sure fans would agree with me. I don't know what Josh was watching. He was a little younger back then. I don't know where he was at in his life. But yeah, I was uh, watching things like Lord of the Rings so. <laughs> and Star Wars. That, that's where I was at. Maybe that clouded his judgment on Spider-Man. But Spider-Man 2 with Dr. Octopus is still, to this day, Doc Ock. one of the best comic book movies, period. I still put it in the top 10. After all the Marvel movies came out, I still put Spider-Man 2 in my top 10 of comic book movies. Where would you put Iron Man? One in the top five. And you have that in the top two. Top ten, I said. Alright. Top All right. five. Okay. Alright. That's that's respectable. That, Iron Man one is amazing. <laughs> just making sure. Yeah, I'm making sure. I'm, I'm you know what? We're gonna do it. We gotta do that, don't we? A comic book movie list at top, some point. Top ten. Top ten? Let's go top fifteen. Nah, you gotta be ruthless, Mike. Top ten. Top ten. Okay. So another podcast. When we come next week, we'll have a top ten list of our comic book films. Um, and I probably won't have Into the Spider-Verse on there, but it is a great phenomenal. So with that being said, part two is coming out. I saw the trailer, I teaser trailer, didn't do a show much, but watching the uh, new rock stars, uh, video shows me how they're going to have, you know, many different Spider-Man, um, iterations on screen. And, uh, from if you're a huge Spider-Man or comic book fan, these are the movies for you. The Into the Spider-Verse uh, movies. I, um, I'm a Peter Parker person because of my age and mm-hmm. who I am and and uh, what I grew up with. I don't think Miles is bad. I'm just a Peter Parker person. Um, but still, the movie was great. So we'll look forward to that uh, coming out, I think, 2022 which uniquely is like four years from the initial movie. So that's a long time, hmm. so to speak. That's another thing I want to talk about. Because um, Black Panther is also 2022. And it came out 2018, which is a long time. So you think these uh, long periods before sequels come out will have the movie lose steam or not, have, not gain as much in the box office? Not at all. I think it'll be viewed kind of like a presidential re-election. Okay. Especially if you like the first one, then you're probably going to vote again for the second one. For like a second term, if that makes sense. Right. And it actually gives you an ability to do something new 
and that's some, that's something that Black Panther would have to do because there's no Killmonger, right? Right. Allegedly. Cause I, I do notice, and I don't know if it's just a societal thing, and that could go for another podcast, but um, what people um, in general, like when they announced that uh, Black Panther 2, they'll start uh, filming in 2021 for a 2022 release, people were like in an uproar, like 2022? What are you talking about? I was coming out next year. Like, you know, because they expect movies to come on this. But then again, we've seen how that's, you know, failed because you right. don't want to do it too close to each other because right. that means you're rushing it because as a franchise you want to make money if you want to actually have quality and if ryan coogler's directing part two he has some projects as well right because this is hollywood at the end of the day right so you want him to have his full time and attention on part two right and it's a possibility he might direct all three trilogies which i think would be great and if that takes eight years eight to twelve years like a james bond film then that that's how long it takes with that, that's a perfect segue, Josh. You're you're always on point, man. Count on count on Josh. So Ant Man and the Wasp, the third movie, which was not announced at the Marvel Comics D twenty three or Comic Con, and people were wondering, like, so there's no uh, no third movie, and even though he gave up the whole Phase Four uh, timeline, apparently this week it was announced they will get a third movie, hmm. which was up in the air which will be directed by Peyton Reed, who is the only director, will be the only director, to direct all three movies from a trilogy for a Marvel movie. If you remember, going back to Iron Man, mm-hmm. um, the... Uh, John Favreau. John Favreau directed one and two, but Happy. not three. Yeah, he, he's always acting in them, but he did not direct three. Uh, Thor had three different directors. Captain America had a different director for part one, and then part two and three of the Russo Brothers came on. So this will be the first one to be able to develop these characters throughout the entire trilogy, which I think is good for continuity, you know, in the movie. I agree, and I think if you space it out like that, it gives Ryan Coogler an opportunity to do that as well. I, I agree with that, which made that a perfect segue. Um, I don't know if Josh has seen any of the Ant-Man movies, but um, they are are good movies. They don't they don't have the profitability as let's say a Captain America, Iron Man, Black Panther. Or Avengers, but they're still going to third movie. What do you think about that? They they are in the box. They, I don't think they have that much range, and uh, I'm actually curious to see what they do now because their whole existence was to lead up to Endgame, introducing the Pym tech and and whatnot. So Pym particle, excuse me. But uh, it, now I'm actually curious. Like hopefully they don't mail it in. Right. I mean that's not really uh, Marvel style, so I don't expect them to mail it in. But I'm in terms of a plot. Okay, wh- who's gonna be, who's gonna be the villain now? That's what a lot of people thought. They thought his whole existence, like he was the hero of Endgame, so to speak, because he's the one who came out of the time vortex and had technology to to move them forward through time. Spoiler alert for Avengers in the game, of course. Um, so a lot of people think that. It's funny, your same exact thoughts thought that Ant Man's arc was done. So for him to have another movie. It is uh, very interesting what they would do. I think it's because of the Wasp, to be honest. Go- okay. Going in, you know, going in line with what's being pushed in Hollywood right now, this makes more sense. Uh, I, I can see that. The, the interesting thing about the Ant-Man movies is they have some of the greatest actors of all time in these movies because they have Michael Douglas, Michelle Pfeiffer, Lawrence Fishburne. So even though they're like the smaller scale, they have great actors in these movies. Another uh, Catwoman connection. Another Catwoman connection. Who was, she was... 
so far the greatest yes. Catwoman. Yes, I agree. In a movie with Batman, I would still have to give some credit to Miss Holly Berry. Do not give credit to Holly Berry. I cannot give any credit to Holly Berry. That was the worst. <laughs> You, sir, will show some respect to Miss Barry in my home. <laughs> that was the worst. It might be one of the worst movies, period, let alone. like I, I tried to rewatch it, actually, recently, seeing as my age is different. I feel about this movie now, and it's probably worse than it was back then. It's a horrible, horrible, horrible. I wouldn't even put that on my resume if I was her. That's how bad it is. But neither here nor there for, uh, for Catwoman. Um <laughs> And I didn't think um, who played her in uh, Dark Knight Rises. Uh, what's her name? Anne Hathaway. I didn't think the role was for her. I, just, I don't know. Well, to be fair to her, I thought so as well when I saw the casting. But her performance was spectacular. Okay. I mean, she was a she was a good conniving, crafty Selena Kyle. That's what you want. Yeah, that's true. I think they showed more of her. Um, her. Uh, bank robbery aspects or kind of like her um cat burglar cat burglary wow <laughs> cat burglar aspects of her a little bit but um i don't know like i said michelle Pfeiffer was the best go watch batman um uh returns do yourself a favor just do a little batman returns you know throwback watching and you'll see what we're talking about with catwoman and the penguin actually also i think anne hathaway took a lot of her inspiration from michelle pfeiffer's Catwoman. If you watch those back to back, I think you'll see a lot of parallels in the character. There you go. Batman Returns, Dark Knight Rises. This is my work for you. You know, back to back. So that's what that's it. You know, Ant Man Three is coming out. I'm excited about it. I thought it was a good. Uh, you know, the first two were pretty good, and we'll see where they go from here. I think they're going to try to use the whole pen particle technology in the movie since they actually own the technology and do something else with it. But don't forget, the one thing I, I am happy about is that if you remember in Avengers Endgame, he came out at the time Vortex, his daughter was five years older now. Right. So I, am, I, I do want to see, like, how they interact now that he missed five years of her life and she's now a teenager instead of a little kid anymore. And with her maybe trying to, I guess, assume the mantle to possibly set up the young Avengers later on. Oh, of course, we already see the... Uh... The uh, the Russo brothers already put that out there with Morgan, Tony Stark's daughter, right? With Pepper Potts, right? And they had she she's gonna have her own mask and whatnot, and right? Yeah, they're, they're they already set that up perfectly. And remember, they cut out that scene in at the end of Endgame when had the same thing when she she was older, right? So yeah, right. So we'll see what goes for that. Um, any other thoughts about our mental theater this week? Oh, also, we forgot to talk about the connection between uh, what's going on in, what was it, uh, Doctor Strange 2 and how that's going to interact with WandaVision. Well, I think and, I talked about that when I talked about how um, Feige said that the shows will directly intertwine. And that's an example of what he's talking about. Right. So the, um, the um, WandaVision show, which I saw the cast for that, which also looks amazing. And which will have Vision, who we all thought was dead from Infinity War, but apparently he's in the show, which is interesting. Which is interesting. Will connect right into Doctor Strange, um, the Multiverse of Madness, which is the uh, the uh, subtitle for that movie, and she's supposed to be in that movie. So the question is, is that Wanda Vision really just a like what's going on with her? Is she having a vision of where her life is supposed to be? Or would it be what vision? Is he really dead? Is he brought back to life? It's probably going to be both. And how does Doctor Strange play a part in that? So there's a lot with that. Yeah. 
So you think it's gonna be both? I do think it's gonna be both. Both like he's having a vision, but he is back. Well, I think Vision will have his own vision of wanting to be normal, and okay. Wanda will have her own vision of maybe things being normal, but then taking a term for the worst, and then not being able to recognize reality from her vision. And why do you think Doctor Strange plays a role in that? Because that's in terms of because uh, remember it has to do with the aspect of nightmare. So nightmares right. is his own dimension. Ah, right. Enter Doctor Strange. So how do you like going from more of like a um, grittier like Captain America Winter Soldier or Civil War more to like multiverse of madness and nightmare dimensions for the Marvel movies again this is again phase four is going to be critical because either we're going to get saturated right or they're going to keep going okay so this is again they they've done it with phase one two and three right but they also had the backbone of the MCU the lead Robert Downey Jr. That's right. Which brings us full circle. So hopefully Robert Downey Jr. does get that nomination and win. We'd be happy as comic book fans. I know I would be, uh, despite whether the movies are out there. I don't I don't think he's going to win. I don't think any of them are going to win. I, I don't think, think so I think they can win together as like a great ensemble, great cast. But you know. Yeah, I don't think they're going to win either. But, you know, we can always hope, right? Also, and if you think about it, they actually did, they actually reverse engineered what Warners did with the Ocean's Eleven trilogy. And having a massive ensemble of casts, but they've done it in a way that you said the Avengers Endgame made two point seven billion already. Two point seven billion dollars. So they're just doing it better than than Warner Bros. And I hate saying it, I'm a huge Warner's fan, but they just Disney's just doing it better. Disney's a genius. They're Disney has become. Uh, they went from a, the mouse house to being a conglomerate that owns everything. Well, they've always been that. That's the thing. I consider them Nike in the entertainment world. I don't know about that. At some point, they were literally, most of their money was coming from uh, Disneyland and Disney World at some point. Um, for them to, you know, at some point decide, because remember, they, they bought Marvel Studios at a time where Marvel had two or three movies out. I think one or two, actually. They could, they, 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 they I mean, their, their foresight it's amazing. Well, they already illustrated the foresight when they acquired, you know, uh, ESPN. Right. But, I mean, yeah, that's true, too. But I think, like, for comic book movies, like you said, before kind of Iron Man even, they were hit or miss. Yeah, some good ones, some bad ones. But for them to know they can have a steady flow of, of good movies and good income come in to this to this level is great foresight. Even with buying Lucasfilm, mm-hmm. I don't consider that great foresight because the Star Wars nation is ridiculous. So for them buying that, I think they knew we were going to get a return on this. I mean, they bought it for chump change, corporate right. chump change, $4 billion. Yeah. Star Wars is worth more than $4 billion. Yes, they did. So I don't know what's up with George in that situation. but He just wanted to wash his hands clean of it, I guess. <laughs> but adding on to that, I think the fact that Everything they were saying has to be given credit to Kevin Feige, right? Right. And now Kevin has come out on the record and said he's going to help manufacture Star Wars films. So if he can, if he can get Star Wars, that universe, up and running like the MCU, right? and you have all those different intricate parts coming together, that would be... Whew. Also what happened is Kevin Feige is now taking over all of Marvel, um, has his hands in all the pots, the Marvel TV, the Marvel uh, comic books, and the Marvel... Um, did uh, movies because he wants it really all to intertwine, 
which makes sense to me because you can't be like, in this book he was here, then in this show he was here, then in this movie he was here. And I get that. So all these shows like Marvel Runaways and Cloak and Dagger and all these other little shows have nothing to do with the MCU. They're all getting canceled, you know, left and right. And I'm just curious, when are we going to see? I feel like this has to happen in phase four in order for them to comp- you know, be successful, there has to be an integration of X-Men into the MCU. Yeah, I think it's going to happen. In, I, think it's going, I think it's going to start in phase four, but really happen in phase five. Well, I think we got to get that taste out of our mouth from the previous X-Men. And also casting is, um, is, uh, is going to be very, very, um, detriment to how the success of these movies, you know, we know and love professor X's and Magneto's and, and Wolverines. So if you don't get that right, you're lost from the beginning. And I think they want to take their time to get it right as well. You know. Um, and uh, with that being said, it's been another episode of Mental Theater uh, with myself and Josh in the warehouse. And I'm surprised Miguel didn't bring it up. But we have a surprise for you guys. He had a surprise that I didn't know about, which is why I didn't bring it up. Because it wasn't on my mind, which I've been dying to know. So I'm going to sit live it to Josh for the surprise. So as we, you know, exit stage left, we will be bringing, because I'm not sure if you guys know, but Mike and I have lots of thoughts when it comes to dating. But we also have lots of thoughts when it comes to the comic book genre. So we are going to each, we're going to have an episode per character of the type of female fictional characters that you would actually date and or marry so an episode one episode so a character per episode because i feel like we're going to disagree on a lot of these of the type of genre character so for example that you would either right be with or marry so at the top of my list is obviously wonder woman okay right why We'll, we'll get into okay, that Okay, 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 okay. I'm going to take time to think of this, but next episode, we'll definitely get into that and bring it up. I got some thoughts in my head right now. I think that's very good and intertwines with our other podcast, A New Year Radio. Shouts out to A New Year Radio once again. And Poetic Charm on the Josh Waring Podcast. And Poetic Charm on the Josh Waring Podcast. And uh, we'll be happy to bring you that shortly. So once again, signing off, this is Mike. This is Josh. And uh, you guys have a good, a good day.